Hello, we want to thank you for joining us at our Heights Baptist podcast. Uh, my name is Lee, and I'm joined with Jonathan, who I'll introduce to you a little bit more here in a moment. Uh, but our mission here at Heights is to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. And so on our podcast, our goal is to come alongside, have some conversations about faith, theology, everyday life, and how we can, as believers in Jesus, just live our faith out in an everyday, practical way. And so we thank you uh, for joining us. And Pastor Jonathan, welcome uh, to the podcast. Obviously, familiar face, but you're in the new setup for the first time. I love it. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. Love so. being a part of the Heights After Dark podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the After Dark special, which we don't have, by the way. We don't have. But, but yeah, Just so. Stay tuned. It's coming. <laughs> stay tuned. But yeah, we're in season two, new season, new setup. So welcome. Uh, as we get started, maybe for any of our, our listeners that are, are new with us, um, you are the pastor of Students and Connections here. Um, so just kind of introduce yourself real quick, how many years you've been here, what you kind of focus on uh, here at Heights. Yeah. Uh, so I've been here at Heights for uh, 12 years and uh, started as the student pastor. They hired me when I was 22 years old, believe it or not. Don't do very much math. Um, but... I've been here for a while. Over the years, I became an associate pastor here and uh, started working on connections and a few other things as well, and really trying to to focus on uh, guest, um, really guest relations when people would come to our church and developing a, a strong rapport with some of the people that were um, visiting from around the area that were our guests. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so now I, I still do that. I still do student ministry. I would say that my primary had a student ministry. I spend a, a good portion of my day, um, working on student ministry, um, trying as best I can to be a, a, a youth culture expert. Mm -hmm. And, uh, by no means am I an expert, but it's, it's, a an ongoing, uh, Thing that I try to work through is understanding the youth culture, understanding youth families, and right. what it's like to, to parent teenagers and yeah. um, ways that I can better minister to those families. Awesome. And so today's episode, we're talking a little bit about those families and how we can minister uh, to our teens within our families, uh, like yes. myself, uh, or within our church. You know, So even for somebody who maybe doesn't have teenagers or they got small kids, you know, kids grown and gone. Um, we're still all called in making disciples to be able to minister to those that are around us. Um, one of the things as we talk about today, specifically about prayer, is the National Day of Prayer, or kind of see you at the poll, as it's called, for students, uh, just took place on Wednesday. Yeah. So if maybe our listeners are listening, you know, a couple of weeks after that, um, let's talk for a minute about see you at the poll and, and what that means and what that's kind of about. Yeah. So see you at the poll has been going on for, uh, years and years. I remember when I was in junior high, I would gather at the flagpole. Um, so that's been, that's been several years ago <laughs> and I, I really loved the opportunity when I was younger, uh, feeling like I had a, a role to play. Um, in the kingdom of God. I was at a church that the youth didn't always uh, feel like full participants in the congregation. Okay. And when it came time for see you at the poll, 
there was a direction and it was like geared toward that. Mm -hmm. And I think that over the years I have had a very good, uh, a, a good mental view of see you at the pole. And the reason is because prayer works, right? We see when, when people pray really throughout history, we see, uh, stuff begin to happen and, and God begin to move in communities. And I believe that, uh, the more people that we get to come and, and pray in unity, um, God moves. Yeah. Uh, it's not a denominational thing. Right. It's not the Southern Baptist churches in the Houston area gathering. It's, yeah. it's really around the world, around the nation. People are gathering together around their local school flagpole to pray for their friends, to pray for their families, to pray for the lost, to pray for uh, their culture, uh, to pray for their teachers and administrators. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it doesn't matter if you are Baptist or Catholic or Methodist or Assembly of God or Presbyterian. You're gathering together and we're praying uh, in uniform that God would come and God would move. Yeah. And, and what's awesome about See at the Pole is it's student-led. Yes. So it's not adult-led. It's not teacher-led, you know, obviously for obvious reasons. Um, teachers can be there. Yes. Parents can be there. Uh, but it's something for the students, you know, the student body of that school to, to come out, take time before school starts, pray. Yes. Uh, so like you said, this is a nationwide thing um, at schools, you know, so that's going to answer the question maybe for some of our listeners who, you know, last week they drove by and go, where are all those kids out at the flagpole that morning? Right. Oh, see you the pole day, right? Right. <laughs> and, you know, so, so just something neat for, I, I think, our, our, um, our, our students and schools to lead out on. Um, and then as, as parents, administrators, teachers, they can support that. And like you said, it's a national thing. It happens, right. you know, one day a year, usually late September on a, you know, on a Wednesday. Yes. Um, and, and so as we talk about prayer and, and ministering to our teenagers in prayer, um, you know, you mentioned, obviously, we have a theology that prayer works, right? Yes. I mean, God can obviously work and does sometimes when we don't pray, but God wants us to pray and God works through our prayers. Um, let, let's kind of dig into a little bit of why it's really important to pray for our teenagers. And again, for our listeners, that's that's any teenager, right? I mean, you right. may have teenagers at home, you got teenagers or grandkids, you go to a church, you see teenagers around. I mean, uh, so I want our listeners to really kind of think, how can I minister to teens whether I know some or I don't know some. So, so why is that so important to really pray for them? So I, I think that, that the, the, the starting place is, you know, as a church, we have a strong desire to love and lead all people to a new life with Christ. And when I hear the word all as a student pastor, I am picturing uh, young middle schoolers, uh, students that are in the high school. Right. Um, our school district is massive. Yeah. And if you add all of the student ministries from biggest to smallest, if you add them all up, we're reaching a tiny little fraction mm -hmm. of teenagers and middle schoolers in this community. Mm. And really, that is not a Houston area trend. Right. That's a national trend that yeah. we're seeing. So why do we pray for teenagers? We pray for teenagers because they're lost. 
many of them. Right. And in the same way that, that you would pray for um, any other unreached people group around the world, the teenagers that make up your community are very likely an unreached people group. Mm-hmm. And I tell our students that are in the, the public school system that they have a better mission field than some of the missionaries that we send overseas. Hmm. Um, you have direct influence. You speak the same language. Right. You're a part of the same culture. Yeah. You don't have to go to a school or anything like that, uh, to a, a grad school program. Learn a different language. Yeah, yeah. Any, Customs, like, things you like that. already yeah. know the culture right. better than I'm ever going to know the culture. Yeah. You know, I have to study to be an expert in youth culture. They're born in it. Right. They thrive in it. Yeah. They're all about it. Yeah. And so we pray for students to reach students. We pray for students to impact culture. And we pray for students really to make an impact in the church at large as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mentioned in a sermon earlier on. Uh, kind of with missions in Acts one eight, you know, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, into the ends of the earth. Um, several of our students here at Heights, coming out of summer and camps, you know, kind of said, "Hey, I feel called to missions." Yes, which is great. We celebrate that. That's awesome. Uh, but to help us always understand, we all are witnesses. We all are missionaries in a sense. Right. And the only thing that separates us from a missionary, say in Japan. Is location, not identity. Yes, you know, and that and that's kind of kind of going back with what you're saying is, our kids in these schools, um, whether you're a homeschool and you're in co-op groups or you you know you go to a public school, um, are surrounded by people who need Jesus. Right. And and there's not like big huge cultural barriers to jump. Like if I went you know over to Japan to be a you know a, right. a missionary, I would love the food. I wouldn't know how to speak the language. Right? There Absolutely. Would be a, yeah. would be a lot of things I would need to learn. Um, whereas our teens now, um, as you said, they're, they're already there uh, and they, they know customs, if you will, language, right. if you will. Um, and so, yeah, I like that point of really praying, number one, for our students to, to be on mission where they are. Um, let's also think of an, some other issues that we really need to pray uh, for our students on. And I'm, I'm thinking of just some of the things, um, having a almost 18 year old myself right. of conversations we've had over the last couple years where I was like, Oh man, I, I know my parents never had to talk to me about gender identity issues oh, yeah. or, uh, you know, some of those things where I'm like, boy, how do I help my kid process this through a, a biblical worldview on not only understanding what the Bible says, but how to engage with people in a in a way that's truthful to the gospel and making disciples and, and loving people well. Um, so let's kind of talk about that need of prayer for a lot of those social issues our, our teenagers are up against. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, the, the students know the culture well. Um, they know uh, the things that they are supposed to think are appropriate and the things that they're supposed to think are inappropriate. And really as a culture, you see a whole lot of lockstep when it comes to uh, their generation and the way that they view some of these social issues. Mm -hmm. And it's different than some of the previous generations and the views that they've held. Right. And so when I'm praying for students and and I, I believe anybody can, can pray for students this way, I'm praying that, they would be saved first and foremost, 
but I'm praying that they would develop a strong love for God's word right. that would impact the way that they view culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you can view culture with a biblical worldview and you can still be a student of the culture. You can still be um, able to to witness in that culture, but you're doing it from the perspective of God's word and what God's word has for us. Everything pertaining to life and godliness is found right here. Right. And so it's it's my prayer as a youth pastor, but also my prayer as um, a, a Christian and a leader in the church to really work in these students and help them see the importance of the word of God. Right. And it is a regular prayer of mine that those same students would learn to love the word of God and God's worldview that comes from his mm-hmm. Bible. Yeah. And that's good because I think one other way to pray, not only, so we, we kind of just back up and, and review. We've said so pray for their salvation, obviously first foremost for teenagers to be saved. Uh, pray for our teenagers to be, you know, good missionaries where right. they are. Uh, pray for a, a love of the Word of God. Yes. Uh, one of the things I was thinking about is, and as you were talking more, is praying for boldness and courage to be different. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think that's a struggle. I mean, goodness, that's a struggle for any Christian of any age. Absolutely. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Is because we, yeah. I, I think we have this idea that we are supposed to fit into culture. And when that doesn't happen, when culture goes so far um, out of bounds of the Bible, we feel different. And then we're like, well, wait a minute, should we be compromising this or should we be doing this? I'm like, no, no, we were designed to be different. Like that's the Christian walk. In the New Testament, we are supposed to be different than the culture, right? And, And so when I think about our teenagers and some of the social issues that they face, whether it's you know homosexuality, gay marriage, gender identity, you know you name it. There's I, I don't want them to fall in that temptation of, like you said, kind of compromising the word of God. Right. But in order, I I have this need to to be in the culture to where I'm hand and glove in, and I'm like no 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 we weren't right. designed to be that way, because when we can show a better alternative to the culture. That's what makes the gospel attractive to people. That's what makes it real. So when we as Christians are different in our ethics um, than what's being seen, that's where people go, wait a minute, I want to hear more about this Jesus that you say to worship. So I, I think kind of praying that way for courage right. to be different is a is a big one. Right. Um, and I, I think that we do need to pray for the courage to be different. Um and also how to face some of these cultural concepts and issues with love. Right. Um, that's an area that um, previous generations haven't always done well mm-hmm. um, sure. when it comes to um, when it comes to matters of gender um, or even race at times. Yeah. Um, there have been generations uh, prior to Gen Z that uh, would stand on the word of God and they would look at the word of God and they would. Um, they would develop their their view based on uh, what they believe the Word of God said. And there was just this absolute approach to uh, the culture that was happening at the time. Right. And it was spoken in such a um, 
a unloving, harsh, uh, even dogmatic way that uh, Christians developed a label Mm -hmm. that we're not people that love. Right. We're people that are judgmental. We're people that are... um, that are really aggressive at pushing our own agenda. Um, and I, I believe there's a lot of irony there, but when it comes down to it, a lot of times, even our church, uh, our church students will have a, an opposing worldview, um, or an opposing to biblical worldview of culture, um, specifically because they don't want to be seen as, uh, judgmental, right. as uh, bigoted, as yeah. xenophobic, yeah. as uh, homophobic, or as transphobic. Right. And um, I, I think that one of the big shifts is working with this culture and these teenagers um, and, and in praying that God would work in them to have a love of people that look different than they do, that yeah. act different than they do, and that sin different than they do. Right. And at the point that we can love really all people, um, that's the point that I believe that we're going to see that the gospel take root in culture yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so when we're praying, um, I would say definitely pray that they would be able to be um, separate from the world, that they would not be... Um, a part of the world mm-hmm. um, that they would that they would uh, die to the flesh, as Paul said, but that they would also act in love, speak in love, yeah. show love to people that are different than them. Yeah, and and that's that's a that's a good word because it's hard in the culture to do what you said. You Absolutely, know, because when we do love and we genuinely love and we share truth. We're going to be accused of being unloving, you know, and, you know, be called the names, judgmental, blah, 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 blah. Yes. Um, Which, like you said, is irony when, when, you know, someone's like, well, you, you, you're being judgy. No, actually you are too right now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Let's just call a spade a spade, you know, and, and that's where I think that courage that some of them need to just be able to go, you know what, if I, if, if this is going to cost us the friendship it's just going to probably cost us the friendship, you know? And right. I remember talking with an adult in our church not long ago, and we were talking about sharing the gospel. And uh, and I asked him, I said, what what kind of holds you back from sharing the gospel? And he said, you know, sometimes it's with somebody I love and I care for. If I share the gospel, it may change the relationship. You know, yeah. they may get upset with me. They may not want to talk with me anymore. And I said, you know what? You're exactly right. It may change the relationship. But it also may have the reverse. It may bring the relationship closer because the person could get saved. You know, and so I think sometimes we, we have to do remember that the gospel not only unites us, but, you know, sometimes it does divide. You right. know, it, it does draw a line between right, wrong. Who, who I want to say who's in, who's out, but, I mean, like, right. who's a believer, who's not a believer. Um, and, and so for our kids, I think, in praying, for them to have that courage to be able to say, you know, if this costs me a friend because I'm I'm gonna lovingly take right. a biblical stance, then I need to take the biblical stance. Right. You know? And and that's a hard lesson for teenagers to learn. Yeah. That's a hard lesson for fifty year olds to learn. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Not just to teenagers. I mean that all of us. That's a hard lesson to learn, but it's the right thing to do. Right. You know, and, and I think that's a, a prayer for this generation is praying they will do the right 
thing that, that right. God's called them to do. So right. what else do you have? Anything so, uh, another list or Yeah, I've got I've got a couple more. Okay. Uh teenagers right now in our culture are facing tremendous amount of fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um mental illness just off the charts when you're looking statistically speaking. Sure. Um you have people that'll blame COVID, you have people that'll that'll blame uh they'll blame COVID, they'll blame the culture. They'll blame the church. They'll blame the parents. There's blame to go around in every Social direction. Social media, yeah. But when you're looking at um, the culture, the one thing that everybody agrees on is something ain't right. Right. Um, there is anxiety and there is depression off the chart. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I regularly do, again, when I'm praying for this culture, these teenagers, um, even the teenagers that we have in our church, that are dealing with fear, anxiety, depression, um, even suicidal thoughts. It's my prayer that they would get the help that they need, Mm -hmm. first and foremost. Um, I'm a strong believer that it is okay to love Jesus and have a therapist also. Um, I know as a church we say that often. Um, But it's my prayer that they would be able to... um, be able to rely on him to set their steps. If they're dealing with anxiety, if they're dealing with things that are going on, that they would learn to, um, to seek God, to seek God's kingdom. Yeah. And I think that that's always a, a good place to start. I, I do not believe, and I, it's so important for me to clarify on this. I do not believe that that is a replacement for um, medical help mm-hmm. in many people's cases right but man if you are uh somebody uh, a teenager or uh, even an adult that's dealing with fear anxiety and depression suicidal thoughts um, it's my prayer for you that you would get help that you need and that you would seek god and that you would trust him to guide your steps and your path um, that you would learn to to rely on him and i know in seasons of my life when i've had crippling anxiety um, that's been something that's helped pull me out of it, that it, mm-hmm. it doesn't always have to be myself right. that gets myself out of situations, yeah. that God is a God who comes in and restores, and God is a God who guides us in the direction that we need to go. Yeah. And it's my prayer that this generation would see that as well, because God is a God of comfort. Uh, he is a God that overcomes anxiety, and uh, sometimes he does that with uh, medical and expert help. Yeah, and and I think that in that prayer, it's it's really a prayer for their identity. Absolutely, you know, their identity be rooted in Christ. Yes, and and that identity being found in Jesus, that hope, that joy, that peace being found in Christ. You know, and you mentioned you mentioned the mental health issues. Yes, uh, with this this generation, there is a lot. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned all kinds of issues, oh, you yeah. know, or, or yeah, all yeah. kind of possible causes. I think social media is obviously one. I mean, I'm so thankful <laughs> yeah. I didn't grow up in social media world when yeah. I was a teenager. I had I mean, MySpace. You so. had MySpace. Wow. All right. Yeah, there you go. Uh, young one. I mean, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, but like TikTok and Instagram and all that, I'm like, I don't know how y'all do this. Right. And I mean, my son has an Instagram account, but he doesn't like post at all. Right. right? I mean, right. you know, he looks at cars all day long on there. Um, but I, I, I think one of the, the fascinating things to me about this generation is they're very community based. Absolutely. And yeah. and it's not just social media. Like I mean they want to be around each other. 
They want to know each other. They want to talk to each other. They want to hang out with each other. And, uh, and I'm really interested as this generation continues to grow. Um, I have a theory, which I have theories about a lot of things, uh, is, is I think as this generation continues to grow and get older, they're going to hit that point maybe mid-20s where they go, you know what, the social media thing, this isn't really all it's cracked up to be. Like I, I want face-to-face. I really want real relationships uh, because we have that craving within all of us you know, to be relational to people. Um, and, and so I think that's a prayer as we're talking about praying for identity, salvation, you know, engaging in the culture is right. praying for those godly friendships, Absolutely. you know, that godly community, um, because then that helps us navigate some of these social, you know, some of these medical issues, mental issues, things yes. like that. If you're in that right, good Christian community, I, I think there's, yeah. there's some help there. Right. Um, uh, for sure. So, yeah. Godly relationships are so important. Yeah. Um, I know that as, as I have battled with some mental illness in the past, my church family, godly community helped, uh, tremendously at, at helping me get through that. And I think that, um, there is a lot of even, uh, scientific research that's based on being around people. Yep. And having having community around right. you, yeah. um, I, I think we are already seeing a decline mm-hmm. in some of the the social media, um, and it, it it is very addictive in this culture. But I think we are seeing a decline and going to see a decline mm-hmm. um, as as people get older, right? As well, yeah. And being around people is not going to fix everything, right? Um, because you know people bring their own issues when you're around people all the time <laughs> but I, I do think that when it when it comes down to it if you are involved in uh, a community of believers right that are all trying to to worship God and be on mission together uh, to love the culture and love it well yeah and to help lead people to Christ I, I think that there's really nothing better than that. Yeah. And so pray, pray that these teenagers, that this generation would rise up, that they would find unity and community together and that they would uh, really stand firm on a biblical worldview as they embrace a very lost culture. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, I'm going to continue to post my bad dad jokes on bad my, jokes. On my yeah, TikTok account, do. even if social media yeah. continues to decline at Pastor Lee Peoples uh, on TikTok. And they Shame, are bad. Shameless plug. <laughs> yes. So, all right. So we, we've covered a lot of ground. Um, yes. Kind of wrap us up. Is there one more way to pray? Yeah, it's. I think it's one that kind of sums up um, the whole culture when we're praying for them. We want them to have that godly worldview. Um, the last thing that I wrote down here is that we need to pray that whatever he has planned for their life would bring him glory. Okay. Because uh, at the end of the day, uh, the Christian worldview is not about uh, increasing the number of Christians. The Christian worldview is not necessarily just what I do right. with my own life, yeah. but it's about bringing glory and worship to God. Yeah. And so we pray that as a, a generation that this would be a generation that uh, would seek God first mm-hmm. and that would ultimately bring God glory. Yeah. And he doesn't need them 
to bring him glory. He already has the glory, right. but we want to see a generation that uh, is, is so on fire for Jesus um, and so impactful that it, it does uh, continue to bring God glory in everything. Uh, that's First uh, Corinthians 10.31 says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Yeah. Um, so if you're praying for students this week, uh, when you're hearing this, um, mm-hmm. do pray for their salvation, yep. pray for the salvation of their friends, pray for, um, whatever, uh, mental thing that they have going on, mm-hmm. pray for the culture, pray that they would love the word of God, but also pray as they're making steps, uh, and growing and maturing, uh, that they would live in a way that would bring glory and honor to God. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate you sharing all that. That's good. Yeah. It's good to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. We'll, we'll, we'll do it again here back. soon. Yeah, so, it's yeah. after dark. It's coming. <laughs> so. uh, you're fired. Okay. So, okay. 100%, 100%. We, we want to thank you for uh, joining us on the Heights podcast uh, this week. And if you are in our area on Sunday mornings, we have our worship service at 1030 a.m. And before our worship service, we have life groups for all ages at 9 o'clock. And so 9 o'clock life groups, 1030 worship service. You can also find us online uh, on our uh, services on Sunday morning on our Facebook page and our YouTube page at 1030 a.m. as well. So again, if you're in our area, we'd love to be able to connect with you in person. Thank you again for watching and God bless.